All right, before we get started, I want to say thanks to some of our sponsors. Physical Therapy and Balance Centers that's created by PTs, especially for PTs in private practice. And on average, a private practice who joins physical, well, they, join, they grow more than 40%. That's a lot of percents. Uh, if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's physicalfranchise.com, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, franchise.com. And our friends from CBDRX for you, your CBD store, get the ABCs of CBD at cbdrxforyou.com. Finally, coming on board and helping to support the show, MW Therapy. Have your EMR costs grown out of control? Has your EMR that you're using now hit the wall? Was it stuck in 2007 when smartphones weren't even a thing? It's a long time ago. Uh, It's time for something better. It's time for something customizable. Enter MW Therapy. Take a demo now at mwtherapy.com. That is mwtherapy.com. We're switching your EMR. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it says... We are live. He's Jamie Schreier, and he helps physical therapy owners treat less and earn more. I'm Jimmy McKay, and I help smart healthcare providers get their messages to the people who need to hear them. And this is PT Hot Seat. All right, welcome to the show, PT Hot Seat. Here's a little bit about how the show came about. We have had Jamie on our flagship program, PT Pinecast, half a dozen times, maybe a dozen times. And what wound up happening, inevitably, before we'd hit go live or record, I'd kind of be like, you know, kill one time, Jamie, how you doing? And we'd have a great conversation. We'd have to be like, we need to shut up because we got to start the show. And then we'd do a great show. And then we'd hit stop or stop and broadcast. And then we'd keep talking. And then we'd kick ourselves and say, why did we stop broadcasting? Why did we hit stop record? So we liked how that felt. We have great conversations on the fly. Jamie will just call me and we'll just shoot the breeze. And the whole time we'd say many times, man, are we recording this? And the answer was inevitably, no, we're not recording this. So we said, well, why don't we do a show? And I said, great. What's the show going to be about? And you're like, I don't know. You're, you're, the, you're the guy who can figure that out. And I said, I don't know. So we wanted a chance, a specific chance to have some of those conversations with each other, ask each other questions, but let other people listen. Maybe it'll help you. And that's where we are. This is PT Hansi. Did I do a good interpretation of how this thing came about, Jamie? Yes, you did, Jimmy. It was it was awesome. You even used your very professional radio voice. Radio voice. And yeah. you got all the key components in there. Um, yeah. So so our so our um, how long is the PT Podcast show? It's usually like half hour, 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, we, we typically talk for 30, 45 minutes. What, what was interesting, I know one time um, between the beginning of, of, of our conversation plus the show and the end, I think it was close to two hours. Yeah, we just and that's talked. what that was. I think that's what the the final straw that was on that camel's back. It was like, dude, let's just do something. Let's just talk but have people be able to hear what we're saying because some of the greatest nuggets were, were in those yeah. pre and post uh, things. So well, that's what we're trying to fill in the gaps and just have some fun here and learn some stuff. That was our, that was our tagline for a while. It was, you know, great physical therapy conversations on tap. And we've also had a past tagline for the, for, for Pinecast, which was uh, 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 the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. And when you overstructure things, and this is going to be one of my topics today that I need to vent and complain to myself about, 
you can overstructure, you can overthink things. And I recently, I think, am coming to terms with I am an overthinker and doing that. So let's get it. Let's just jump into the show so we don't get on a tangent, which we know we can do. Uh, exactly. So the, we've got the show carved into three segments. First up is what happened. What happened? We're talking about the past, the near past, the far past. What happened in your life, Jamie? or business that has been taking up a lot of space in your brain, something you need to get out or work through, tee off. Yeah, so the word is overwhelm. You know, one, one thing I want to be more than anything else on this show is just real, just real with you and real with people. And for me, it's been overwhelm. I've been in the midst of a renovation of my house for the past 10, almost 11 months. The Ooh. renovation at the latest was supposed to be done by October. You know, now it's the middle of January. It's coming to an end, but man, it's coming slow. Combine that with overwhelm in my business. You know, I'll take you behind the scenes. I've been doing so many different things in my business. There's so many changes, so many upgrades that are happening, so many improvements, some things we haven't been doing real well that we're trying to fix. When you combine a renovation project that is twice as much money, taking twice as long. My entire family, we're still living in the house. My entire family's in our bedroom. There's dust everywhere. Who knows how much dust we're, we're freaking breathing in here. Right. You combine all of that and trying to keep a business running that is, you know, hitting the effects of COVID, trying to meet people say, where during they are. Pandemic, during a pandemic. During a pandemic as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole pandemic, you, you have like the perfect storm, like the movie with Mark Wahlberg. You have the perfect storm of, of let's just do a major renovation project with COVID, with, with, a, with, with a, a coaching business, training business. Let's just put it all together. And oh, yeah, my, my wife was in charge of my son's gala and she was a chair, so she was dealing with that. My son is trying to go to the military academy, so he's dealing with trying to get in, which is an unbelievable amount of work. You know, my daughter, she's 15, girl, enough said there. Overwhelm is right. what I've been dealing with. All right. So here's how I think this show is going to go. You just teed up a major, well, not even one major situation, lots of major situations. How this makes me feel, of course, everybody out there, myself, everybody listening has been in this situation, right? It feels like, especially when you take on too much, if you had just been doing the renovation, but everything else was rock solid, it's like, all right, one foot is off the ground. That's the renovation, but everything else is solid. I can stand on one foot for a long time. But you throw into all the things that you mentioned, the gala, the sun, just getting a military academy, uh, a pandemic. I think people forget it's 2022, but we're still in a pandemic. What's your what's your North Star? What's Because this is what you help people do in your business, too. They come to you confused, overwhelmed, not knowing where to go. So what's your, what do you tell people? And then what do you actually do? What, how do you, how do you get out of this? Yeah. First of all, one of the things I absolutely hate is when people sit there on their pulpit and they just start telling everybody how they should act and how they should do. And then you look at their business and their business isn't anything what they're talking about. Well, you know what? Hey, I'm not perfect. What I do is try to implement these things. You know, the stage of my business where we are right now, we're in the stage that there is some overwhelm, there is some transition. And I think that, you know, some of the things that I do on a regular basis is 
If I don't double down on taking care of myself, the overwhelm will turn into a tremendous amount of anxiety. And I have anxiety in my family. I take, you know, medication. I mean, I, I've talked about this on, on other avenues, but, you know, I take a little bit of anxiety. The anxiety will then go up. And then now your emotions are so freaking high that then you try to control. So what happens when you're overwhelmed, you look for control. So I'm looking for where can I control? I can control my staff. I can try to control my, some of my clients. I try to control my kids. I try to control my wife. Then all of a sudden, next thing you know, my staff is accusing me of micromanaging because micromanaging is a way to get control back. So one thing leads to another with me. So what, 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 I, what I do is I double down on deep breath. Where can I make sure that I am taking care of myself and my own well-being? That's where I always begin. So I double down on meditation, working out. I have a simple motto, sweat every day. Yeah. I don't care what it is to sweat. It could be all kinds of different ways to sweat, but whether it's basketball, whether it's tennis, whether it's, you know, taking a walk, lifting, whatever it is, every time I do, I feel better. Yeah. And when I feel better, I think clearer. And that reduces the overwhelm and then moves me into taking action to continue to just move through the steps to get results. And the results that I get then reduce the overwhelm. So that's really the key that I focus on, Jimmy. Well, it sounds like, I mean, guilty of this, right? When you feel overwhelmed, it's everybody else's fault. You're going to go find the problems and the problems are someone else's. It's the reason of someone else. You micromanage and that actually becomes a problem. I love the working out. I, I heard something that, that was uh, salt cures everything. Tears, sweat, and the ocean. You should try, like, just try one of those three. It involves salt. Um, yep. But the working out thing forces you to, to focus on something that's, you know, I'm using air quotes of the podcast audience, not important. It is important. But it focuses on something right in front of you that you can actually accomplish and check off. I'm going to do 10 deadlifts. I'm going to ride the Peloton for an hour. I'm checking this off. And while you're doing those things, you can get into a state of what they call flow, which is the ability to be doing that, riding the Peloton, listening to Matt Wilpers telling you to be in zone three, whatever. But now you can start to say, okay, what do I, when I get off this bike, what do I need to do first? A, a great thing around flow is um, I, I, I read this book a while ago. I probably need to reread it. It's called Catching Fire by Stephen Kotler um, and, and, and Jamie Wheeler, a, a, a friend of mine. Um, great book, but th this idea of flow, we've all experienced it in some levels. We all see it in, in athletes, but man, when you are in flow, time collapses, ideas are abundant. And if you ever want to know if you're in flow, try doing something that you love to do and you're working on it and three hours pass and you thought it was yeah. 10 minutes, you're in flow. When you're not in flow, try doing something that you don't particularly like to do. You're not in any zone or whatever. Right. And you think you've been working for six hours up to 15 minutes and you're exhausted. Yeah. So I love the way you brought up flow. And that is what I search for when I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm out of flow. I'm out of the zone. I'm out of the, 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 the scheme of things. Um, I need to get back to that Steph Curry flow when he bangs in nine threes in a row. So it sounds like for your overwhelmed, it's what can I, what can I minimize or what can I, what can I focus on? What are the steps to get me into flow and out of overwhelmed? It feels like overwhelmed is the antithesis of flow. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Overwhelmed, overwhelmed is the antithesis of, of, of flow. And when you're overwhelmed, you have to dial it in, right? You have to pick the one thing. Great book, by the way, 
What is the one thing that's above everything, everything else, else. Yeah. that will get things moving forward? So, you know, for me, that that one thing has been, all right, we need to execute and bring the house moving forward. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's endless when you do any kind of renovation project. You could go on forever because you just start right. noticing every little problem in the world. All so right. what are the big, big things that we can move forward? Right. So my my one thing, my what my what's happened is not overwhelmed, but I am also overwhelmed. You bring renovation and you know that I'm I just bought a new house and I'm trying to do everything. In the dead of winter in upstate New York, not a great time to start replacing exterior doors and ripping holes in your roof. But now I'm on hold. So that to me is overwhelmed. I really can't do any of this reservation until March, April, and it is killing me. And I'm sure people have felt that. So me hearing you say control what you can control focus on the one thing I've got lists of what I want to do and constant advice from many of the people I hold close says, well, you can paint the bedrooms. That's not outside. I'm like, I know, but I want to do the patio. It's like, you can't do the patio concrete and, and winter don't mix. And I'm like, you're right. But again, everybody, and the reason I like this is we all, we're all guilty of it. We're all, all right. So Jamie's overwhelmed. <laughs> Jimmy is going in circles. So we'll go away from the home renovation. And this is what Jimmy's, what happened um, in the last couple months. I don't even know if I told the staff that works with me on PT Pinecast this thought about cashing it in and saying, you know what? The show I've been doing for six years, the last year and a half, two years with a team of two to three behind me, we got what happened was now we're recording this via StreamYard. We're doing live streams now. I never did this before. I did a lot of just phone recordings and releasing via podcast. But COVID made sort of this eye contact and live streaming more of a thing. And what happened, what had what had happened was I really focused on the YouTube algorithm and the Facebook algorithm, and I need to hit four checkpoints in every episode. And here's my YouTube graphic. And those are all the opposite of my background as a radio DJ. It's not my personality, not to not be unorganized, but I want to achieve flow in conversations. We say that in the tagline, great physical therapy conversations on tap or the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. I wasn't doing that. I was pre, I was saying it at the top of every episode and I wasn't doing it. I was diving into categories and conversations that I didn't care about because I thought the audience, I needed to give it to the audience. And what I was not paying attention to is the audience that listened to me in the beginning of the show in the, in the formative years, I'm guessing they just liked that. I had really fun conversations and I was getting away from, I didn't have any fun. And I noticed that our downloads went down and we didn't have any fun. And then I would do a couple episodes in a row. Cause we can track downloads. It's an objective measure. We can, we, and it's not a measure of success. We can get into that, but it's a measure of attention or, or you know, of, of quality, not, not, not success. When I do one that, that I really was like, damn, I put the headphones out. Damn, that was fun. The downloads would go up. But I kept going back to, but I need to hit these seven things, which flies right in the face of what Jamie said, which was, what's the one thing, Jimmy? So I'm hey, going Jimmy, in hey, hey, Jimmy, I love what you're saying. And you're, you're bringing up exactly where I've been as well. I, I, I kind of tend to say I've been mechanical. When I get yes. mechanical... When I get too much in my head, my, one of my old business coaches said, Jamie, when you're in your head, do not speak to anyone. Do not create anything. Only do it when you're in your heart, which really meant oh. when you're in your zone and in your flow. And you've been in your head. 
You're looking yeah. at metrics. You're looking at mechanically. Okay. You're, you're getting into all of the data of the how to, but your best thing, which is mine, which is everybody else's is when you're just acting in your greatest way within your zone and your unique ability as, as, as Dan Sullivan calls it, when you're acting in that, it's a magnetic, it's a magnet to attract other people, even though it's easy for you. See, that's the hardest part. When we are in our zone, we are in our flow. People look at it and say, oh my God, you make that look easy. Oh, easy. Yeah, I've been told that. And, and remember, we were taught in school, whether we knew it or not, easy isn't good. Correct. Nothing you were successful at was easy. Never came you had either. to work hard. You had to sacrifice. You had to do all that. So you're, you're relating back to the easy. So for me, the word is mechanical. Uh, the other word I use when, when um, I, I, I see that for myself or I see that in other clients is transactional. You become transactional. Yeah, you're putting you're words not too. in it. Yeah. And I know we're going to jump to the next section. I'd love to jump to the next section um, because it kind of goes right into what we're talking about. Well, I don't want to skip out because like you're putting words to what I felt. I would give the same advice to someone. Why are you doing episodes or why are you doing projects that you like but don't love? And my thing was I was comparing myself to everybody else on Instagram who has a podcast or yada, yada, yada. And I was running around trying to be a version of them because I was I was trying to cover all three bases. I can only play first base at a time. I can't play third base at the same time. So I like that you're putting, putting words, be in your head, your heart, not in your head. I've been in my head really recently. All right. So that was past that, uh, that was past. That was what happened. Now we go to what's up, what's going on in your business life right now that you think I could learn from? Well, well, this is a perfect transition because what I've done is reconnected. The first person I have to reconnect is myself, right? I have to get back in my heart. I have to get back into my why. And I'm sure everybody in the world has heard Simon Sinek. If not, go type in Simon Sinek, why in in TEDx talk or whatever. Uh, You read the book. But for me, I know I need to connect with that why. Why am I doing this? Why is the work that I'm doing helping other practice owners, you know, treat less, organize your time more, you know, uh, generate more income because God forbid we resist the crap out of trying to actually make money because we feel guilty and shame. Like, why is that so important? What, what about reconnecting with my story of what I come, came up with? Because when you get in your head, when I got in my head and I got into my mechanical transactional way, I wasn't connecting with people. I wasn't connecting with some of my clients. They said, you know, Jamie, it's, you know, I don't know what it is, a little distance or something. And I go, dude, I feel the same way. So reconnecting is what's happening right now. I'm reconnecting with why the hell do I do this? And this is a part of how this show came to be because I'm like, this is what I love to do. I love to talk and communicate and connect with people. And if I can do that, even with one person, even with just you, Right. I'm going to walk today. The rest of the day is going to be fantastic, no matter who else connects with this. On episode days, when I have to record later on in the day after work, and I know it's it's an episode, maybe someone who ne- isn't necessarily con- uh, comfortable. Um, I've had to I've had to prepare the interview. I reached out six weeks ago. Now we're reaching out two weeks ago, and then we're reaching the day. That to me is stress. I want to what's called grip it and rip it in radio, which is grab that microphone and go. And I wasn't doing that I was over preparing and that 
gets me out of my heart and into my head. And you don't want me in my head. You want you want no filter between heart and mouth. That's where I live. That's the thing that I live in. So when you get like that, how do you get back? How do you get back out of your head? Just noticing is it is that enough? Well, yeah, I I think I think reconnecting when I when I'm not connecting, I tend to withdraw. Right? You're in your head, you sit in your office. And I create 13 different programs. Yeah. The 60 programs I already have are fine, but I do more. And one of the ways to reconnect is to reach out. So one of the things that I've done just from a business standpoint is I've made it a point that I'm going to connect with every single one of my clients, whether I'm their, you know, whether I'm their primary coach or not, we have other coaches and stuff. But I'm going to check in. And if they're listening right now, they're going to be like, yeah, you know, last, last little bit, Jamie started to check it in because I made a conscious effort. I wasn't doing that. I did it early on. But in the last year or so, I got very mechanical in how we were building the business and how we were structuring it. We need to make a lot of upgrades because of our growth. And it, it just got like I'm an engineer. Dude, I'm not an engineer. Right. I, I'm like you. I'm in flow. I'm off the cuff. But I'm off the cuff with, you know, so many things that I've learned that I understand. I'm able to share those things and bring that up and make them relevant. And I want to connect back with people. But there needs to be some, right? There needs to be some mechanical. There needs to be structure to, there needs to be head with the heart. There has to be structure. That was my problem before. It was all off the cuff in the moment. And there was no, what we call SOP, standard operating procedures or processes. So it's, it's having a combination of both. But as the owner, knowing what I love to do, I need to have the freedom to do what I love, which means I need to make sure I have the team to support me. And this goes for anyone in business. This yeah. is one of the best, best things I teach people. I'm like, do what you love to do. This is where we can get into delegation and all kinds of stuff. But do what you love to do and create this the team to support you on doing that. Well, what I realized is, I didn't have that. I had components of it, but there were people on my team that, you know, frankly, I didn't have some of the right people on my team. And there were people on my team that, you know, I needed to add to people on my team or I needed to, you know, provide a little bit more training. So those are the things that have allowed me to then step away and reconnect with my people, with the, with the clients that are entrusting me to help them, and then also reconnect or connect with people outside of my business, connect with potential people that there might be some synergies or relationships with. We, we call it in our program, you know, developing, you know, relationship marketing and, and developing connections and rapport and trust. When I got in my head, Jimmy, I stopped doing those things. And then yeah. I was frustrated when we weren't getting the results that I wanted, but I'm like, well, you're not getting the results, Jamie, because you're not doing it. I go, I'm not doing it because I'm overwhelmed. And I just want to crawl up in a ball in my office and just do busy work and stay numb. All right. So this is, it's, it sounds like we planned all of our, 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 our mentions, but my what's up is Jimmy needs to plan his race and then race his plan. Uh, this was great advice from a former triathlon coach. Um, the advice that followed this for any triathlete or marathon runner was don't, be a dipshit. And here's what this means. You plan your race. If you're a marathoner or a triathlon or endurance athlete of any kind, do anything, house renovations, you put together a plan. And then for some reason, 
myself very much included, which is why I remember the advice after that, which is don't be a dipshit. You get to race day and you get what's called race muscles. You get in the water and instead of swimming at this pace, you look around and you're like, you know what? I can get a little flat. I can go full. I can go a little faster than this. But, but, but Jamie, the race is going to take me 12 to 13 hours. I don't know why you're pushing it 150% in the first 20 minutes. What are you doing? And now I'm relating this back to business and communications with the podcast, right? Because that's what we talk about. We always talk about how this relates with our lives. I kept saying I wanted to simplify, simplify, simplify. And producer Bridget, if she's listening and watching, she is a PT student, right? With like in the last couple of years, she has a lot of communications experience. And she would say nothing. She would listen to me make a proclamation, plan my race, and then she'd watch me not race my plan. She'd say, mm-hmm. And her lack of communication led me to see myself in the mirror. I'm like, she's not reacting because you've said this before, Jimmy, and you haven't done it. I wanted to simplify. I would every couple of weeks I'd come in. Hey, everybody, get excited. We're going to get we're going to have a lot more fun and we're going to simplify. We're going to get back to the old days. And then three weeks later, I would just be back in my head making new charts or whatever, plotting out the next six weeks. And I wasn't doing it. So now I've decided this is I'm saying it on record. Starting in quarter two, I'm going to record 12 episodes for the quarter. I'm going to reach out to 12 people. Jamie, expect an email. And I'm just going to say, who are the 12 people? This goes back to what you said. You reconnect. Jamie's reconnecting. Jimmy's planning his race and racing his plan. I want to start and end with those people because I get excited about people. So I said eight of those people, eight of those 12, I have to know them already because I have to get excited about this. Four... I can I can have met but never interviewed them well. So eight, so three, two thirds are going to be people I know I jive with. So I'm super excited. Two thirds of the time, a, uh, a third of the time I'm taking a leap, but it's not too much leap because the goal is always fun. I mean, I, I tell when I when I speak in front of students, I say all the time, the goal of the podcast is have fun and learn something. And I was violating that. I wasn't having fun and I wasn't learning anything. So Jimmy needs to plan his race and race his plan. Jimmy, can I piggyback on that? Please do. Piggyback. piggyback on so much of my stuff. Maybe that's I'm the thing with your, I'm jumping on your back now. Um, love, love what you said. And, you know, the way, the way I look at this, you know, relevant to practice owners and, and just really anybody, but the idea is if you aren't having fun, if you aren't connected to you, that's going to emanate outside of you. Audience knows. And, and, and the law of attraction is a law. It isn't something you believe in or don't believe in. I don't believe or not believe when I throw my pen up the air that the pen's going to come down. It's just the law of gravity. The law right. of attraction says you will attract what you emanate, you put out there. And I know for me, when I'm not having fun and fun gets into your zone and gets into your thing and not overanalyzing, stays in your heart, it kind of is a culmination of everything. When I'm not having it, neither is the people I'm talking yeah, to. No, they know. They know. And, and what's interested is there were there was a there was a really dark time in my life when I was building my business and it just wasn't going well. And I, I had every problem in the world. I mean, I wrote a book, The Practice Freedom Method, that you know shares the whole thing. But when I was building my business, um, I wasn't having fun and I kept attracting people that weren't the right fit in my business. But I kept justifying it that they would be the right fit. And what I was really doing now that I look back, what I was really doing is I was doing the hope and pray method. I was just hoping and pray I had the right person and I would convince myself they were yeah. because I was so overwhelmed and so busy that I had to do something else and I didn't have time 
to train and, and, and onboard this person, I would just be like, no, no, they're great. They said everything I wanted them to say. Why did they say everything I wanted them to say, Jimmy? Because I told them what to say. I said, hey, I'm looking for someone that's, you know, uh, you know, you know, smart and, and, and is a go-getter and, and just knows their stuff and can work on their own and independent. That's you, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I just told them it was an IQ test. Can they just say yes to whatever? You need to keep questions? that. Right, right, right. Sounds right. good. I'm going to hire you. What do you want? Sounds good. So, I mean, it's, this always comes back to, are you having fun? Are you connected with what you're doing? Because if you're doing it just for the sake of doing it or doing what you think you're supposed to be doing right. or doing what other people think you should be doing, you're going to make this hard. Yes. This is going to be really difficult in anything that you do, let alone the responsibility of being a business owner and growing a business, connecting and helping others. If you don't start with yourself, you ain't going to be helping many people. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is you, you don't, you don't weaken, uh, you don't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. Hold on. You're you don't say it person. again. Say it again. You don't you do not strengthen the weak by weakening the strong, right? You are the strong. You're the leader. And we got to make sure we keep ourselves up here. And I know for me in the last year, 2021 couldn't get out of here enough. Yeah. It was a bad year. I don't think I've ever said that. Well, maybe back when I had the practice and I was out of my mind then, but it's been a while since that happened. It was a difficult year and I'm looking back on it. And it was because I wasn't walking my talk and what I teach others. I wasn't having fun. I was in my head, not in my heart. I did not have some of the right people on board and I wasn't, I wasn't connecting with the people that I want to connect with the most. And you know, what's interesting, Jimmy, the same exact shit happened when I had my practice. I wasn't connecting with my staff. I wasn't connecting with my patients as much as I want. I wasn't connecting with potential referral sources. I was in my head. I was mechanical. I was overwhelmed. This is like Groundhog Day. One of my favorite mm -hmm. movies, by the way. Great movie. It's like Groundhog Day. Ned and Ryerson. <laughs> Ned? <laughs> you can go and then, of course, he ends up buying every possible insurance. And, 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 and Jimmy, you know, the uh, death and dismemberment, he, he got that one as well. Got to get the death and dismemberment. <laughs> he also got the death and dismemberment insurance. So, I just, I mean, there, there's, there's an unintended theme here, which is to get out of a problem, the answer's people. Like, I feel like the answer's got to be, the answer is not Google something. The answer is not, you know, create another program or create a PDF or whatever. The answer is how do you connect with people and remember who you are, what you do, and why you do it. This is applicable anywhere. I don't care if you're a physical therapist, a practice owner, a podcaster, uh, you lay bricks for a living. Why do you do what you do? Are you still doing it? And, and then if the answer is honestly no for a while, maybe you need to change. I mean, I left radio because I was, I, I, people ask me all the time, like, you know, was, was radio on the downside? This was 2004 when I left radio. I could have still been there for a while. I fell out of love. I kept asking myself, why are you doing this? And I was showing up to work and I wasn't getting that dopamine hit. I didn't believe in it. And that made me nervous and scared. And I remember it was someone said, do something else. And I was like, I can't, I'm like 28 or something. Like, my man, you got some time. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I got some time. And like, 
laughing at that now at 42 years old, it's like, yeah, like make that change. But had I asked myself that question and the answer, I still loved radio. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm just doing the wrong things in my station or in my practice or in my podcast or in my business. But I asked myself that question. And the answer was, I don't love this anymore. Yeah. One of the questions that, that I love to ask people um, when they either I'm interviewing them or it could be a client or a potential client or whatever. I just said, what do you love about what you do? And it's a good question. It's such an indirect question. That's why I like it. Yeah. It's just, what do you love about what you do? There's no right answer. There's no answer they can give to me. We just hired a, a, a social media manager. And one of my first questions is, you know, what do you love about what you do? And she was so passionate about, oh my God, I just love. And, and she went on, you know, you know, connecting with people, connecting brands with people and yada, yada, yada. Like I could see it. I could feel what she said. I've interviewed interviewed other social media people and it was like bullet points. Right. And I'm like, I don't feel that. Although their resume was great. So when I asked someone, you know, when I, you know, when I was a a practice and I said, you know, what do you love about physical therapy? Well, you know, you'll get some, maybe some of the superficial. Well, I love to help people. I go, why? Like I want to get to what are they about? Well, I think I think your first question is a better question than why. Like, like, uh, so people who are in academics who interview students for PT programs, everybody asks, why do you want it? Why physical therapy or why do you want to be a physical therapist? Can we all throw that agree to throw that question out? Right. I think the question you just asked, um, you know, why do you do what? what, what, How did you what was what was the verbiage? Like, why do you love what you do? what do you love about physical therapy? What do you love about physical therapy? What do you love about what you do, right? I mean, do you see that that's going to give you a very different it's answer? A very, it's a very I mean, great part about the answer. You don't know where they're going to go. Correct. Right. They could go to a story of how they got hurt. They could go right. to a loved one that they had to care for. They could. You don't know where they're going to go, but I'll tell you where they're going to go deeper than me. I, I said the same thing. I want to they're going to go to I heart. I wanted to comment on something we were talking about earlier uh, when you you were sharing your story of of kind of where you are and you're going in circles and all that. You know, I I think I think when we go introverted, like inside, not personality wise, but inside, that's where I was last year. The more I went in, the more I shut down. Kind of like a baby, you got you go back into the fetal position, right? And what I realized is. It's about getting outwards. It's about going out. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, looking back now, of when I went most inward, it was one word, Jimmy, fear. You see, my business, my coaching and business training, which again, still seems just brand new to me, even though I've been doing it now eight years, but compared to you know 20 years in PT, it, it just seems, so there's, you know, like any other business, there's different levels of business. There's different stages of business. Well, what I realized in the last two years, I've been hitting a ceiling. And the ceiling is the next step to the next level of business. And if I can go deep for a second here. And go deep. Here, can, I, can we dim, dim the lights, please? Dim the lights. Here we go. I was scared. I was scared. driver. It's a driver. I, I was somewhat comfortable to this level. I kind of knew it. I kind of, you know, I got an idea. The next level, I don't know. I'm not certain. I'm not comfortable. I'm not. And what I realized is if you just lean into it, 
just lean into it, lean into that fear, you're going to get through it a lot faster than if you avoid it. And that's why last year for me was so bad. And I've talked to, you know, so many other people and business owners, and it's the same thing. They didn't lean into the thing. I spoke to a business owner yesterday. We, we were on a call. There was, there was a, like, I don't know, 28, 30 people on the call. And afterwards I got a, um, a Slack message in, in one of our communication channels. He said, Jamie, thank you so much for that call and what you said to me. I've realized um, he, he has a PT Cairo business and, you know, he's, he's working 40, 50 hours a week, just treating. And, you know, he's reduced his hours, like two hours, like two. And he goes, Jamie, I'm an ultra marathon runner. I like climb mountains. I do all this cool stuff, take risk, lean into my fear. He goes, I don't do any of that in my practice. Huh. I play it safe. I don't go into the discomfort. And I realize that's what's keeping me down. And that's what's keeping my practice down. And I just went, oh my God, what a great self-awareness. What a great nugget to get. So anyways, just wanted to, to share that because that's exactly what happened to me last year. Well, and I know it's happened to so many people. Well, it's happened to me. I mean, uh, you know, you, you want to talk about like imposter syndrome. Um, I just had a long text message from a really close um, friend, my advisor from PT school. And she hates when I say that because she's like, aren't I just your friend now since you graduated like five, six years ago? I'm like, all right. So Sky Donovan, who I talk about all the time on the show. And I'll tell you, you have to pump each other up. That's really what a friend does is when you can hear the other person saying, I'm afraid, just what Jamie just said. I'm acting on fear. So now I'm, it's not even just taking risks, right? It's not just, hey, you're afraid, so you're not taking risks. I don't, I don't think you're not, you're in that fetal position. You're not even standing up tall and being you. You're not being you. You're being a really protected version of yourself. When are you getting progress? When do you get progress from doing anything in a fetal position? You don't. No. But it takes someone that you trust that you know isn't blowing smoke who to to even write you something as simple as you're doing great, you're good at this, you're you believe me, you didn't get the, the advice I always used to give to students behind me in PT school that the one I feel like like really was almost a silver bullet was, do you really think you got here by accident? How many Ooh. accidents do you need do you think had to happen? Right? Well, maybe they just misread my scores. Like 59 accidents had to happen for you to get we, we jimmy we tear ourselves down so easily we, do. we love um, it i i got a saying i want to share with you and i think i've shared this this saying on the show with you is um you know be the you that you could be if you could just be you be the you that you can be if you could just be you like and, and i got and, and i know for me i got away from that i, I wasn't being jamie i wasn't being the the fun, like you say, off the cuff, you never know where I'm going to go, but I'm always going to bring it home somehow to some relevant right, right, type right. of thing. Yeah, go ahead. Who, who, who were you? Were you trying to emulate? Were you trying to mimic someone else that was similar to you in position or business or emulate someone you knew? How did you? Jimmy, I've done it before. Jimmy oh. I was trying to emulate everybody else, not yeah, someone yeah. else. Yep. I, when you get caught in your head, and, and it really goes to confidence, you start losing confidence. You start peeking your head up and watching what everybody's doing, and we all do it. Always. And if you want to you destroy your confidence and self-worth, just yeah. compare yourself to others because you will do it quick. And that's what I was doing, and I can't tell you I've never, ever met anybody, any business owner, physical therapy, or any other person 
that does not do that and it's unhealthy to do. The, the, the secret to it is focus on your progress, right. your goals, and measure the progress that you're making and stop looking at what everyone else is doing because it's unfreaking healthy. And I can't tell you how much I was doing. You know what I did? You know what my, my hack was? What's your hack? I started um, uh, uh, deleting and unsubscribing I do. anything that came to my email or on my Facebook feed that I looked Go. at and it made me feel inadequate or lack of. You, you, uh, you, uh, I said this in my Oxford debate a couple of years ago, you're cause the topic was social media. What you did was you took out all the junk food from your diet because you are consuming content. And we say what we consume, we become what you consume in food. We become, you eat junk yeah. food. You're going to feel like crap. You know, you're going to look, you know, you're going to be unhealthy. If you consume something better, the same go goes for that social media. It's called a feed, Jamie. It's a social media feed. And if you can, parse out what's there i'm doing the ezekiel elliott you're not you're not you're not eating that you're not consuming that stuff that's important and you don't want to do the ezekiel elliott you don't, don't want to do that be... well, he's playing golf right now so so i had a similar story i took over i went to pennsylvania from new york to be the number two at a radio station and then like a year and a half in loved my boss i wanted his job but like in 10 years i wanted to learn from him for a decade he got a big job in a big market and he left. And I was like, Chris, what are you doing? I need 10 more years. And he goes, well, you don't have it. And you got two choices. The company's going to look for a replacement and then by law or whatever, you know, I had to do, you know, applications, but he's like, you got a one or possibly a two month job interview. You're going to run the station in the interim. I had the interim tag. I slept on my couch. I barely ate and slept. I was not the me that I could be. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I'm unqualified. I was downing myself. I was in the, I was in the fetal position, mentally, metaphorically, physically, literally until I kept calling my boss for advice. And he was so nice. He said, whatever he said, I can't remember what I heard was like, dude, like you can't be me. And he wasn't saying that in a cocky way at all. He's like, try all you want. You're not going to be able to do it. He's like, but they might not be looking for me. And the only guy you can really be is you. So that Kurt Cobain quote came up, which is, I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. And, and literally, I felt a weight dropped off my shoulders. And I was like, win, lose, or draw. Let's just see how this thing plays out. And I got the job. That's awesome, man. And you, you, you became the you that you could be if Correct. you could just be you. And I'll tell you different. That was what it was. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it's, 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 it's scary. Because none of us like to be judged, right? We make right. so many bad decisions because of being judged, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's neighbors. It's all about, am I going to be judging? That's why Facebook, that's what I call Facebook. That's why Facebook is the way it is, putting all these perfect pictures and all these like, it's like, come on, really? We know those people behind the scenes. They're nothing like that, but we don't want to be judged. Correct. Even I'll, give you, you anyways. I'll give you a real-time example of this. We started broadcasting our show and live streaming it and doing whatever. I'm a radio guy. I was never comfortable in front of the camera. I, When I used to just re hit record and have a conversation with Jamie on the phone, I never looked at the clock. How long is this going? Is it too long? Like, should I cut it short? Should I wrap it up? And now if, on the live stream, I can see a clock on how long we're going. I wish I could delete that. 
Because to me, when people ask me how long should an episode be, and Jamie, you and I were talking about this before we hit record. I said, this might go five minutes or 55 minutes. And we're like, we both know it's not going five minutes. We both agree, not five. We know it's not going five. But my point is, the good stuff happens. Like, how long should a podcast episode be? And I would always tell people, other people would ask me. I'm like, um, as soon as it, as the conversation's over, if you were having this at a dinner party, as soon as you both were like, all right, I'm going to go check out what's, uh, you know, on the buffet. That That's how long it should be. If we still have this flow in in two hours, we should still be talking. I, I love that you I love that you said that because you know you can read all the literature and you can take all the well the latest says it should be twenty nine and a half minutes. Right. You don't want to go over thirty, but you know what? I've listened to podcasts for an hour and a half. I go on. I a never walk. the clock before. I, before you start, like, it's, the, it's the greatest thing in the world. And some podcasts in a half hour are so mechanical and transactional. Right. They do everything by the book, and it's like that's what I, that's what I, I became. Feel it. That's what I became. Do you look well, all right? So you listen to podcasts inside out of the profession, whatever. Do you look at how long an episode is if it's a show that you've already heard and you already like? Do you look at how long this episode is going to be? If it's a show I already know about it, it could it could say forty eight minutes or an hour and forty eight. Doesn't matter. I, I just I, don't look. I just look at the I just start listening, and if there's you know if I like it, I keep listening. Yeah. Now, conversely, if I, if in passing, like next week, you're like, hey, Jimmy, what are you up to? Like, oh, her new podcast. I think you'd like it. I think if you kicked it my way, I would like take a peek. I'd look at the next, last couple episodes. How long is this? But a good example of this, I took a road trip with a videographer friend of mine, and he's like 15 years younger than me, right? We both like sports, but I'm like, this kid, these kids today. And he's like, I want to suggest a podcast. We got three hours to drive. And it's called Crime and Sports. And I'm like, what's it about? And he's like, they take like Lenny, it was a Lenny Dykstra episode. They take Lenny right. Dykstra and they just go through his career, but it's two comedians and, and super funny. Go, All right, I'll give this a shot. And I looked down and I plugged my phone in and the episode was two and a half hours long. And I was like, in my head, I'll give this 30 minutes and then I'll dip out. Two and a half hours later, I'm circling the parking lot because I don't want to get out of the car because I needed to finish it. But my point is like some people will say, how long is it supposed to be? And analytics would tell you not longer than 45 minutes. But that Lenny Dykstra episode from Crime and Sports threw everything out the window. I listen to that thing all the time now when I got time to kill because I know I'm going to get this experience from these guys. For sure. No, great, great advice. All right, let's go to future uh, third part of the show. What's next? What's coming up in the next couple of weeks, months that you're looking forward to or, or paying attention to, I should say? Oh, great, great question. Um, well, you know what? I'm, I'm looking forward to, well, from a personal standpoint, this damn renovation getting done. Yeah. We are getting to the end. It's going to be great when just people are out of our house. There's not the buildup of dust everywhere. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, I wanted to say this earlier. One, one of the things that, 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 that have bothered me with the renovation that also bothers me in business and, and, and all that is, is this idea of speaking in vagueness. You know, in, in our world, we call it dirty words. Have I shared that with you? Dirty words? No, no. Dirty words aren't the words that, you know, that we might come out, come out of our mouth. Dirty words are vague words, like should and need and I'll try. And the things that have completely just frustrated me in this crazy industry of contractors because it is crazy is all of the work all of the words that they use to do something there's there's not a lot of organization to it right huh. there's like yeah 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 okay yeah we, we we need to do that need 
Well, well, when? Who's going to do it? When can we expect to complete? Nothing. And, and that's been so darn frustrating. You know, if I had another career, I would just be the person that actually does, uh, you know, renovations and home remodeling that actually shows up on time, does what they say, and finishes what they start. And when, and when, they, when they said. And, and just, and just I, I, would, I would crush it. Well, I love it. I wouldn't I have anybody it. working for me in contract. You don't get, like, get four jobs done a year probably, right? So they probably use those dirty words, and I love this. They're words that mean nothing, right? Because like, hey, we need to do this. But you haven't said like, okay, we under, we identified this, but who's we? Is it you? Is it you plus others? Are those people available? What do we What do we need to buy to get that? Right. I like A lot of times they're just appeasing you. Hey, um, right, this, right. This, this thing's not, uh, not, not correct. It needs to fix it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we got to get to that. Well, when? Uh, let me check. Future. They, they, all, they all do it. So, you know, what I, what I, what I see also happening, and it, it was happening in my business, and I see it in a ton of businesses, same thing. Dirty words. Well, we, we need more new patients. Well, we need to do a better job doing this. I go, what does that mean? We need this. We should do that. You're just talking. You're not saying anything. So, you know, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is because it affects me. I mean, it, it emotionally affects me when having taught this stuff, having trying to live this stuff myself. Like if I say something, I'm going to do it. I try to be very specific. You know, it's hard for me sometimes, but just getting away from the vagueness and the dirty words of stuff that are just like you shake your head is like, was anybody supposed to come today? Yeah. What happened? Oh, they got caught up with something. Well, well, why didn't they call and just check in? Hey, by the way, I'm... and all of a sudden five days goes by and nobody's here. And I'm like, right. I mean, it's like, really? This is how we operate? And then I look at, you know, my business or I look at other people's businesses and I'm like, it's interesting. It's very similar, not as overt, but it's, it's similar in that. So one of the things I'm looking for is, not having to be around that, having a house that we can enjoy and engage in. And then also with, with, uh, with, with, with the practice freedom, you business. Um, and I know you're going to touch on this. I'm looking forward to getting out of here and actually going somewhere and going to CSM, which is the, you know, the big APTA event in February, you and I will hang, who knows, maybe we'll do an impromptu episode there, but just getting out, just being around some people and connecting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to to, to that. And I also know when, when we get to that point, I know we're not too far away from getting out of the damn winter, which I right. really just can't stand. All right. So you alluded to my, my what's next is CSM and I'll give you a timeline. Number one, if anybody knows me, you know, I love conferences. I am the extrovert. I love stimulation. I love people. I love a lot of happening. I like flashing lights. I was dreading this year's CSM two, three months ago. I was sort of looking for a way for someone to say, you don't have to go. And now this had a lot to do with the pandemic, but it also probably had a lot to do with everything else going on in my life that I thought taking, taking one foot off the ground and taking a, you know, four or five days and flying somewhere to me, it was anxiety inducing. And then I love when themes come about, Jamie, we didn't plan on this. I started paying attention to not CSM as a thing. CSM is not a thing. CSM is a group of people. And I was like, but I don't want to be around a group of people I don't know. And then, again, a friend said, well, I'm going to be there. And I was like, oh, well, I want to be around you. 
okay, well, that's one. And then they, well, this person's also coming. And aren't you going to that meeting for the Foundation for Physical Therapy uh, Research? I was like, I am. Okay, so this trip is going to have at least two meetings a day that I want to be in. And I'm going to have dinner or lunch or breakfast with someone I haven't seen and I want to see. So I'm not going to CSM. I'm going to San Antonio and I'm going to see a bunch of people that I want to see, right? So I'm not doing the usual CSM because I don't want to be around a group of a big, huge mass of people. But what I'm doing is, uh, to, to quote the Patriot and Mel Gibson, aim small, miss small. So I'm aiming at seeing, you know, two people a day for five days. I'm aiming at see and connect with 10 people. That's possible. But if I was going to try to connect with 10 people amongst 18,000, that's needle in a haystack. So I'm going, what's next for me is connecting. I, love, I love that. And, and it's, and I'm an introvert. Um, I can, I can, you know, you I'm an really? ambivert. yeah, yeah. I'm an ambivert. I can turn it on. You know, sometimes I want to be around people, but it's, it's always like one-on-one -on -one or very, very small groups. Um, my wife, if you met her on the other end, she gets energy from people. Me She's too. Like, I need people. I need people. Me too. And I'm like, I don't. I'm good just chilling in myself and doing my reading a book, huh? I didn't know that about you. I wouldn't, and we talk a lot, you know? That's why you and I connect is I know you're, if you're using the DISC, the, the this system. Right, right. You're a high eye. I don't know what that means, but I like it. Well, yeah, high eye is you're outgoing, you yeah. you get inspirational, you, you're you like, my wife is the same. I attract, oh, you guys are I, perfect then. I attract to those people. Love that. So like when I said to you, uh, Jimmy, you created our logo in five seconds. I would have overanalyzed that thing for an hour uh, and probably hired someone for a thousand dollars to do it. You're like, I was like, hey, put fire. I, I threw this thing. I threw this together. Like, and that's what I love because you bring me to a higher level and, and hopefully I do the same thing to you. We'll see well, on episodes, but I think we did. I, I would say one thing that you do for me, and maybe this is why I, you know, gravitate towards people like yourself, is we uh, we like opposites, right? We like we want to see we see something in someone else, and we go, I want some more of that. Well, how do you get that? You hang around that person, or you listen to that person, right? So that's what I do. All right, so I like that. You guys so must be for, for, for like CSM or even the private practice of the the PPS. I get overwhelmed. Like like I go there. I need to chill. I usually just sit by myself and all of a sudden people come up to you. Like it takes me time to recognize oh. you and put, especially after a couple of years and put it in the context. Like even if I know you really well, it's just, I'm not in that flow. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, usually a little drink helps too, but, um, but CSM, same thing. I mean, there's a ton of people there, but again, you know, I call it lobby con. Like I call both PPS lobby con. My conference is in the lobby. Lobby cot, C O T? Lobby con. Conference. Oh, con, lobby lobby conference. con. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine told me that like 10 years ago. He goes, I'm not going to whatever the thing was. I'm going to lobby con. I go, lobby con. Yeah. Hang out. I hang out. I network. I connect. I have lunch. I have conversations. That's all people I do. do that. I go there. I want to have conversations with interesting people I know. And I want to meet some new interesting people. What I don't have is a defined agenda. I've an, I've a, I definitely have an, an outcome that I'm looking for. I'd like to meet two to three people that I didn't know before and, and perhaps see if there's some synergy that we might be able to do something together. Yeah. That's as specific as I get. I don't get the, I'm going to walk away with 10 leads and I'm going to do that because anything that puts pressure on me doesn't allow me to be in the zone because right. any, yeah, anytime I, I just kind of created more of a general, I want to walk away with a few relationships. Chances are I walk away with a lot more. 
Yeah. So, you know, I love he's, the lobby con. I love understanding yourself and, and being small, miss small. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. why, again, to bring this full circle, why was I miserable doing my own podcast? This thing I created and I control over the last six to 12 months is I wasn't living to what I said it was, have fun and learn something. I tried to get so smart. I tried to beat the algorithm. And what I was doing, I was running my show into the ground. So that's why I said, reset, unplug. If we got to burn it to the, I mean, your clinic, people should read your book. Your clinic literally burned to the ground. But maybe every once in a while, you got to burn it to the ground. I'm not saying you did it because the insurance guys listen to this show. But I'm not saying you did it. But like every once in a while, you got to raise everything and just say everything's gone. Now, what would you do? I'm not saying I didn't do it. Listen, my insurance guys would be like, no, Jamie, you wouldn't be stupid enough to burn it to the ground because you were underinsured by a lot. <laughs> I learned about having the proper business insurance too. That is and of a good course, point. My, my cousin who, uh, who, who, who is my insurance agent goes, well, who would ever thought your place would have burned down? I, I want to save you money. Yeah, like, we don't do a lot of cooking. I'm like, how do I get mad at him for that? So uh, anyways, Last thing we do on the show uh, is the final word. Jamie, what is your final word for today? My final word for today, and it's also the theme word for 2022. I was watching uh, uh, Facebook, but also, you know, following a friend of mine who got this from somebody else. It said, you know, it, it's a great thing. Like you start at the year to choose a word, one word that is going to be kind of your theme word, whatever that word might be. And the word for me simplify, simplify, simplify. One of my favorite books I've ever read was Maria Kondo's The, the Magic of Tidying Up. Right. The, the stupidest title, but I, I keep remembering it. Um, and I remember reading the book and my wife was looking at me and I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out socks and I'm throwing out shirts and I'm touching everything. She's, what are you doing? I'm seeing if it gives me energy. She Where's says, my joy? Keep it if it doesn't get rid of it. And I had eight bags full of crap that I just kept and kept. I don't throw anything out. Just kept and kept and kept. And I feel this is the same thing. I want to simplify. Yeah. Simplify my business. Simplify the process of how we do things. Simplify what I do every day. And if I can do that, which I know I can, I've communicated with my team. This year is going to be a fantastic year. So I have the word put up. I have my, my board over there to my left simplify what yeah. about you all right my uh my my word is uh jimmy is going to reset is my word took a long hard look at myself in the mirror right that's the cliche and i said i'm got away from the thing i'm doing in my business i just started a new job as well at mount sinai hospital i invented that job i wrote a job description and holy crap they hired me and i needed to reset and say okay now what does this mean you know go back to square one what's your north star and do one thing. And when you've got that one thing, great, put that aside. And now I'm going to do a second thing, but only I'm not going to be vague about it. I'm going to do, I'm going to do this, this way by then. And when that's done, now I move on. So for me, it's reset because I will get overwhelmed and then I'll, I'll throw my hands up. I'll start looking inside, become fetal. And I'll say, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Maybe I'll just quit. I'll start looking in the classified section. Actually, do they even print the classifieds? No, they're all online. But you know what I mean. I'm dating myself. When was the last time you read a newspaper? I have a long, I, I, well, I, I have some just to burn them in my, in my fireplace. That's about it. It's the only reason I have newspapers anymore. So for me, it's reset. How is this for you? This, th we both, before we hit record, said, 
we just need things to kind of tee off on. I mean, we, I didn't take many notes other than like an idea for each segment, right? What happened? What's up? What's next? And the final word, but this is how people, this is how our brains are wired conversation, not presentation. I love conversation, not presentation. I love that. Um, no, I, 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 for me, this was great. I mean, I'm going to leave here at a higher energy and we spent, I don't know, 10 minutes, five minutes, like, you know, before being like, all right, here are the Dude, outlines, here are some of the talking points. And, um, you know, I, I hope it resonates with people. I hope people connect to this and like it and all that. But you know what? That's, we still won. I, Jimmy, I had a blast with you. We do this every so often, as often as we, we decide to do it and, and uh, do it live like we did because we were wondering, mm-hmm. should we do it recorded? And I'm like, why? You and I have done so much stuff live. I got nothing to hide. I got whatever happens, happens. I think that's a part of the fun. That's a part of the. We live live, right? We live live. Live live. Live live. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. And Kathy Lee. Live live. I'll be Kathy Lee. The, the bubbly one. Um, I guess, I would, the, um, I guess that's, the old, that's the old one. You know, now it's live with Strahan. Oh, I, think, I don't even know if he's on there anymore. But no, they had a blowout. Live with it, Jimmy and Jamie. Well, I guess I have the female name, so I'll be, I'll be, I'll be there. <laughs> I would say if this resonated with one person, if you're still listening an hour in, just say, I would just love a DM just to close the circle. Like, yeah, I listened that whole damn time. Because I think that too, when I listen to longer podcasts, I'm like, I wonder if they like, if if they if I should message them like you know what? I got thank you thank you for that conversation think if you're sharing that insight is there anybody like, on, is there anybody on I don't even know I can't see right now there was and that now there's not not live but also we're recording this at a weird time of day I don't stop and watch live broadcasts on on social media I don't I'd rather it in a format of I'm gonna listen it's on demand man I mean where's Blockbuster nowhere it's it's Netflix it's on demand when I want it how I want it I don't want to be rushed. Exactly. And we're having a conversation anyway. So people want to come in there and check it out live. That's great. But other than that, right. uh, Jamie's online practice freedom, the letter you.com at his practice freedom, you and you're at Jamie Schreier. Uh, I'm at PT Pinecast on all socials. I don't know how, how often we got to do this again. I'm going to say a week or at the most two weeks, but we'll decide that. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast, Jamie, have a great day. I feel juiced up. I'm going to go run through this wall behind me. I'll be back later. <laughs> Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm fired up today. I'm playing a little tennis tonight. I'm going to be extra fired up. But this is great, Jimmy. Hey, dude, appreciate you, man. Love this. Love the fact that we made this happen. Didn't overthink it. Didn't overengineer it. And, um, dude, can't wait for the next one. All right, Jimmy. Thank you. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.